Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon. I hope you all are having a great Monday so far and ready to get out there and crush the week. Guys, I've got a really, really special guest today. This fella is a, a guy that I've come to know over the last few months. We've interacted on a couple of different masterminds together. And man, all around, he's just a really cool dude, man. He has, uh, he has been a real estate investor. Uh, he is a small business coach, the co-host of the Destination Success podcast, and he is the author of the best-selling book, Destination Success, Eight Mindset Hacks for Every Entrepreneur. So it is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show, Sham Porter. Sham, welcome. What's up, man? Sam, it's my honor to be on your podcast, man. It's, I was looking forward to this week, this week, so thank you. Dude, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you. Boy, where do we Absolutely. where do we even begin with you, dude? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a, I, I don't know if we have enough time for me. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, a, it's a pretty sorted, uh, sorted affair, but, uh, you know, um, ask away, man. I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like, there's no, there's no, uh, no rock unturned with me. I'll tell you anything. I, yeah, I, I like you. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at your resume right here, and it stretches back, you know, 20 years in business. I mean, that's that's yeah. really really impressive. And, yeah. Um, well, I got out of the navy, and uh, and I I told myself that was it. That was my last job for someone else. Totally. And uh, yeah, and I opened up my uh, my first business was a commercial cleaning company, and uh, you know, I, I learned from the street of hard knocks, brother. All right. Well, um, steady I, on know. a sec. Steady on a sec. So you're in the Navy from 94 to 98, so I'm assuming you're about six, seven years older than me. I'm early 40s. I'm assuming you're up in there. Um, yeah. What was it What was it that triggered that I'm not working for anyone else? Did you have that entrepreneurial mindset as a kid and as a teenager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I really did. I, you know, my grandfather owned a construction company, and technically I was supposed to, stay, I was supposed to be the third generation that took it over. Right, and, right. Uh, I did start working for my grandfather and then, then my uncle. And, um, I just didn't like it. You know, like I didn't like, the, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. Like I just, it was too hot in the summers. It was too cold in the winters. Um, all these guys hunted and fished and, and I was just like the eyeball out. Like I didn't, that wasn't my cup of tea. Um, no, I get it. You know, it, you know could... I mean? it was just, it was like, it was them and me, you know, I, constantly. Like they'd all talk about going to their little, their honey hole would go fishing or in the winter. It was about, you know, their little spot, their deer stands and, yeah. and, and, and duck blinds. And, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Where are you based out of? Remind me where, what town so you're I in. Live in. I live in uh, Delaware. So oh, okay. um, you were all the way over on the Eastern shore and, yeah, they, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome, but you know, it was just one of those things like it just what, but I'd always wanted, like when I was young, I wanted to be a professional baseball player or I wanted to be Sam Houston. You know what I mean? It was like one of those two <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're 10. What the hell do you know? You know what I mean? You can do anything you want in the world. And I, I wanted to be that, like that tycoon, like that guy that sat on the 34th floor of the mirrored building, looking down on everybody. And, and like you, you, you know, you, that was you, you had it, you made it. You yeah. Know what I mean, um, no, I and, get and it. I had that, had that fire from, from a really young age. And, 
man, I did all the get rich quick scheme bullshit selling oh, yeah. knives, the NSA water filters. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I was in the I was in the scam of uh of the um the home uh home security systems too. Yeah, but we that didn't know any a, better. We didn't know yeah, any well, better. I didn't, but it was like, hey, you can do this, and I was I'm I'm a good I'm a good people person. Like I I'm good at talking with people. I'm good at connecting with people. I'm good at you know selling to people things. Yeah, that, but it's such know. a it's such a con, you know, because man, I went door to door for a, a little bit when uh, I was over in England uh, before I before I obviously came out here, and um, you know, it was uh, home security systems. Knock knock knock. Hello, Mr. Porter. Just want to let you know, um, you know, my name's Sam. We've got some security experts going to be in the area over the next couple of days, and they're doing free security reviews of the houses in the neighborhood. Just want to let you know, your neighbors have signed up at uh, 5.15 on Thursday, and uh, Mrs. Smith down the road has signed up for uh, for 7.30. So if you'd like a free security assessment with no obligation, we can get you in at, uh, at 6.15 on Thursday. Does that work for you? absolutely like, why fuck, not <laughs> free free dude you feel it's such a you, you want to get back to the hotel room and, and take your skin off and then shower on the inside and just clean the inside before you put your skin back on but, but I, I think we've all done it we've all had to go sure, sure. And, and, and cut sure. our teeth and that's yeah yeah but, well, you know it's just it, it was what we thought was you know the the quicker way to get to the top and you know, then then come to find out, as we all know now, mm -hmm. is that you just got to put the work in. You know what I mean? Like it's, 20, it's... 24 years later, yep. you know, there is no shortcut to this. You know nope. what I mean? It's, you know, the only shortcut is there is no shortcut. <laughs> and yeah, the sooner you understand that, <laughs> right? right. Um, like, well, I would I would say maybe a shortcut is is definitely hiring a coach or a mentor, and they they allow you to compress the time. But there's you can compress time and you can compress lessons, but you can't compress work, man. It has to be done. Yeah, you you got to do you got to go through the motions. <laughs> yes, you, know I mean? uh, you got to figure it out. So it takes, you know, yeah, like you said, I, I, when you hire a coach or you hire, you know, a, a mentor, what they do is they help you not have as many problems you're Correct. still gonna have problems oh yeah but you're, but you're not gonna have as many and they can help they can weave you through and, and and help you navigate the waters of the everyday problem that most people have gone through and say hey look if you do this and this you won't have these problems but, yeah, but like you know you you can't you can't stop an employee once you get employees you can't stop what's going to happen next because it's always mm -hmm. the why factor yep. you know they quit they do something silly they they thought they were doing something right and it was wrong or you know you have 15 people doing all great shit and you got two that you're constantly on like hey what's what why aren't you like the other 15 <laughs> that you know sounds I mean? like, right so yeah you can you know you, when we were coming just, up man there was there was no there was no coaches there was no mentors there was uh, no there was no youtube well, you there, go, was. there was but they, they were but hard they were, to access there was a handful Right. right, because there's only a handful, and you had to go you know to the events, like, and you had to buy the DVDs, right. and you had to buy the yeah, books, yeah, yeah. and and, and now I did. I did. Oh, I did I got too. All of Tony Robbins shit. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I discovered Tony Robbins from that Shallow Hell movie. Um, so that's so funny. That, that's how I connected with, with that. But like, there wasn't the abundance of information uh, uh, out there like now. now. Like, I want to know something. I just go to YouTube and look it up. You know, best pra best practices and for and you know people. Oh, how do, how do you launch a podcast? How do you grow a podcast? I'm like, I don't know. Go on yeah. YouTube and read about it. You know? yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 you know, and there's schools now. I mean, you know, they have entrepreneur as a as a degree in colleges now. Like you know, there's so many community based things that you know you can go and get help for loans and I just and, and grants and everything. You know? Yeah, but if if you don't walk through the fire. How do you become a forged into an anvil? You have to learn. You got, There's a lot you, of this. Right. 
a lot of this you got to learn by trial and error coaches or not you you've, you've got to go through it so you do. And, do, and you know some of the tests the best tests are the ones that you went through you oh yeah I mean? like when yeah when you know you were literally facing you know am i going to be able to stay open next week or do i have to close you know, mm -hmm. because I didn't get the contract that I thought I was going to get that was going to make like, and you, you, you sit there and you go through that, that stress, like you said, like putting the fire, put the anvil through the fire to, to forge it to, to the right sharpness. And, you know, you sit there and you go, you know, and your mind's racing around because you know what, there is no answer. Like, I don't mm -hmm. have, you know, you and I don't have a real job, mm -hmm. you know, like where we're doing is part-time. This isn't a part-time hustle. Like, <laughs> all my bills get paid through you know the catering company right yeah now. and then i yeah, have no doubt. you know the coaching is a side business the the real estate side business you know some of the um i do business financing through the coaching stuff that's all side business but my real money day to day for, you know is is through the catering company and mm -hmm. you know you know it's it's great you know it's you know to, if anybody was tested with you know if you didn't make it through 2021 or 2020 <laughs> it's because you weren't ready you know what i mean like you, you yeah. didn't have the plan in place you know what I mean? And, and that's, you, you just, you got to know, you got to have those, you know, where, you know, Mike Tyson says the best, everybody's ready until they get punched in the face. Then yeah. what do you do then? You know right. what I mean? And that's, that's what 2020 was. I use that analogy a lot when I'm teaching, you know, like when you learn to box, it takes about six months of getting hit in the face to be able to understand that the hit's coming and, and figure out what to do about it. But you still right, got to exactly. stand there and get hit until you learn. And I think a lot of people want to bypass that process. They, they want to avoid the pain and go straight to the money. And it just, if you get the money without the pain, then the money's fleeting. It comes and goes. Cause that's, you know, I did that. I got a lot of money without much pain and I didn't take care of it. And uh, yeah. I, th I think the pain can be a great teacher. Anyway, um, let's get back on uh, on track here because we're just like Sorry. rambling all over. It's no, it's all good. This is what the show's about, man. It's about sharing and sharing stories and sharing experiences. Yeah, and whatever we can give to the audience that they can take away from it and just make their lives a little bit better. So you got out of the Navy, a little bit of time in college, knocked out some business management classes uh, degree, and then um, you went on to be president of MJP Properties. And, yes. Um, so tell us about that because that was a uh, that was a twelve year run, man. And uh, the so first business. I, it started out. So it originally started out as Marston's Cleaning Service, and that was a, a forge of my two my two children my two sons' names. And I started doing commercial cleaning, and then I started buying properties, um, and then I started managing properties that I had, and then some other people's properties. So then we then we just kind of lumped it into one company where we had. You either had cleaning, we had commercial cleaning service, residential cleaning services, or um, we did property management, or you know we bought and sold properties through through that company. So that's kind of it. it kind of evolved after a few years, but yeah, it was four, fourteen years. Um, I just I just hated cleaning. You know what I mean? Like I love the money. <laughs> I, I love the money, but I just didn't like the process of what you had to do to get the money. Yeah. Um, I it was it was really good, and and uh, that kind of came to an end in uh, 06 and 07. You know, it was one of those things where um, 06 and 07 happened with the housing crisis, and we did a lot of work for a lot of local um, builders, um, and and we were doing private schools, and kind of when the financial crash happened, it kind of yeah. it kind of it, it was one of those like, is this really what I want to be doing? You know, I me mean? kind of thing. And I looked in the mirror, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't like this. And I wound up getting divorced at the same time. Oh, and I was man. like, you know what? I got nothing but me now. Like, so I had, I had a wife and she had two kids that were younger. So, um, you know, at the time I had a family and I was like, you know what, it's just me. There's no better way to get, you know, 
to get over and get past the grief and the process is to just work your ass off. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to get back into the, into the, uh, into the food business. And, uh, I, I got started with the catering company and it just kind of took off like wildfire. So I, I started that in basically like the ambers of the financial crisis of 07 and 08. Oh, and, uh, right on. So I only had one way to go, which was up, you know, I, mean, I well, wasn't yeah. losing anything because <laughs> I had just got started. So, um, Man, yeah, I, I had, I don't I think a lot of the, bucks. sorry, Sherman. I don't think a lot no, of the younger be. listeners, um, cause we do get, we do get quite a few in our twenties. I don't think a lot of the younger listeners really understand just how fucked everything was at the end of, you know, middle of 2008, end of 2008 as it was crashing. I mean, like how many people lost their jobs? It was, it was, it was just, just incredible. Um, just how messed up it was. So for him to come out at the end of 2008 and open a catering business, and they, I mean, that, no, that, that's huge, man. Mad respect for that because, yeah. you know, you, you're going through a divorce. You, you, your other business is tanking because of the recession. I mean, it wasn't you. Everybody's business tanked. I mean, yeah, I, work, yeah. I, I worked at an office with about 90 employees, and we, we were all laid off within two weeks of each other. Like, it just, the whole thing shut down. And, you know, I don't think people realize just the the amount of damage that was done uh, in that year to employment and to finances and to businesses. And the fact that you came out and opened it in 2008, right when everything was in the shitter, I mean, big kudos to you, man. Well done. Um, why'd, you, it, yeah. why'd you pick catering? Was, was that a, a passion or you just was? So, yeah, so I went to college for, uh, for hotel restaurant management. And oh, okay. uh, while I was in college, I was working in restaurants and I always loved entertaining anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I used to always have, you know, people come to my house and we always have parties and stuff like that. So everything was always, it was just something like food was always in my blood. Um, and when I went into the Navy, it was basically to get out of the restaurant business. So basically working 80, 90 hours a week because I had, my son was young and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just, I had him every other weekend and it was just basically I worked, you know, and then I partied and then I had my son. <laughs> and I was like, this is probably not going to last long. Mm -hmm. I should probably figure something else out. And college wasn't for me. So then I went in the Navy and I wound up marrying um, my youngest son's mother. And she just didn't like being away from the family. So we got out and then I got back. And then I came in and I'm like, all right, what can I do that, you know, isn't as bad as drinking all the time and eating all the time? Like the, the restaurant businesses. And that's why I got into catering. I mean, into the uh, commercial cleaning company. That's how I started that. So. It was just so then when I when I got back out, somebody one of my friends was working at a bar that was just opening and they needed help. And I wound up taking over their kitchen for them. And one thing led to another. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to be back in the food business. I had <laughs> always said I wouldn't go back. And then I did. And um, catering is a little different than running restaurants. And, and and the fact that, you know, when you go out to an event, you know how many people are showing up or, you know, how many people you got paid to show up. So mm -hmm. you bring enough food, you bring enough staff. And that's the toughest thing about running restaurants is that, you know, eight, you know, 80 people could show up at five o'clock unbeknownst to you. you know, right. Like, right. Just think about it when, when we're, at, when we're at any of the students things, you know, there's, there's 60 to 70 of us. And if we all go to one restaurant, yeah. there's 60, 70 people that nobody knew we we're going to show up that just show up. And they, you know, they have so to have that now, capacity, yeah. Right. So now you're, you know, you don't know if you have enough staff to, to wait on those tables. Do we have enough food in the back? That kind of thing. Like, you know, when you're doing catering, we already know all those intangibles going out. There's still some things that could happen, but it's not like you don't have enough staff, or it's not like you don't have enough food for for what you what was planned. You it's know a, what I mean? So that it makes it a little easier, but 
It you know, sounds, it sounds like a, a low stress version of a restaurant catering yeah. because you, you've got it's, so it's many. It's a lower stress. <laughs> <laughs> you got so many things your factors on. So, tell me about the start of your catering business. You said you were in the back of a, a, a pub here in a bar and helping helping your buddy Mike's yeah, kitchen. Yeah, so. T- tell me how you managed to take that out of that kitchen and, and grow it into what it well what it was going to become, but grow it into a standalone business. What was stepping out of that uh, safety of that kitchen like? Um, so I, I actually, I didn't really step out for a while. So the first two, I managed two different kitchens at one time, mm-hmm. um, one for a club and then one for a, a, a par, a bar, a public, you said. Um, and then I, I was, one of my friends worked at, uh, one of the municipalities and we took over the, um, the, the kitchen, the cafeteria that was in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, that was awesome because then I did another um, I did a city county building and then I had the county building. So we had two different cafeterias that we were doing at the same time. And then the people started asking me to do in the building. They were like, Hey, my daughter's going to get married. We're on a low budget. Do you think you could help us out? And then I, then I saw the real money. I was like, Ooh, man, this is pretty good money for these. I had no overhead because I was cooking out of the kitchens that we yeah. were managing, yeah. you know? So I just had to find, I just had to find some servers and take the food out there and have the equipment for it. I'm like, yeah, this is some pretty good money, you know? So then we, we started, we probably did like six or eight weddings the first year. And then I did like 15 the second year. And I was like, you know, I should find my own place, you know? And then that's what I did is I wound up um, taking over the management of a local fire company because um, they have halls. And then, um, and then I was like, and I was still managing the, uh, the government cafeteria. Right. And then like the first year we did like 55 events at this hall. The second year we did almost 155. And I was like, this is it. Like this is this is this is how we make money, you know. So then I just started making, um, making relationships in the community with other other venues that you know would allow caterers in. And then I was so big that I I was just too big for the for that so little kitchen that I was in. What was the critical, what was the critical decision that you took or that you made to to scale from fifty your first year to one hundred and fifty your second year? What 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 caused that? Do you think? I I just agreed to money. I mean, to be honest with you, I just, you know, like, oh, you, goodness. You, know, you, keep going, you know, you want to keep making more money and you want to be able to hire more people and you got to keep, you know, so that's the business, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to pull the tactics. The I'm trying to pull the tactics out of you. And it's like, nah, yeah, just but, money. I mean, but in the beginning, it, there was no tactics. I didn't, I didn't have a formal education with a coach. It was just the greed of, of, I want more and I want more people working and in order to have more people working, you have to have to make more money. You know what I mean? Like, so I didn't have a really good system in place at that time. Um, you know, it was crazy how many employees I was going through. After I got to a certain level, then I had, then I realized, you know, I keep making the same damn mistakes. Like <laughs> the same shit keeps happening over and over and over again. And I keep telling myself it's not me, but it keeps happening. And I'm the only one that's still standing here. So it has to be me. If you know you know? So that, it, yeah. and that's, that's when I figured out, hey, I got to stand back now. Because like, I started feeling like I was killing myself. Like, Dude, that's you know, that's really hard because we, you don't realize that you're making the mistakes. Then when you do step back, you say, "Well, shit, I'm the constant here. The employees right. are the variables, and I'm the constant." So, do me a favor, mate. Talk us through a few of the mistakes. What was what was the one one or two biggest things that stood out to you most? That looking back now, you can say, "Oh, shit, man, I was doing that wrong." So the first one is just uh, my communication to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm third generation military. So I had a very militant mindset um, of, 
I was raised and taught that you do it right. Do it, do it one time. You do it right. You don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And most, I would say, eighty-nine to ninety-eight percent of the population isn't raised that way. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, yeah. how I would speak, you know, I I could have been speaking as far as anybody else is concerned. I was speaking in Greek, and they were they weren't hearing a word I was saying, and I would get frustrated. And you know, it was just. The, the first real true thing was to learn how to to communicate effectively communicate to to anyone that was around me so they understood what I was trying to convey and, and it, it wasn't easy because I just I just didn't know how to do it is you that I mean? like I, is that more about you learning to communicate with them or is it about you learning how they like to be communicated with I, I think it's a it's a blend of both okay it's not really it's not really one or the other. It's kind of like you have to. So the biggest thing, I think the biggest lesson I learned in this whole thing is DISC. So DISC is a system where you um, evaluate people's personalities and their traits uh-huh. and how they react to things. And the sooner, especially as you're scaling your business and you're going to have key players, the sooner you figure out that, the quicker you're going to gel because that's how you know how to talk to each other because like how they communicate to me is different than I have, than I, how I can, how I need to communicate to them. You yeah. know, so when people talk to me, it needs to be short, sweet and quick and direct. <laughs> and then when I'm yes. talking to them, I kind of, kind of, I have to do more of a song and dance with them. You mm-hmm. know, like I have to do more of a book and a story versus cliff notes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. But I, when you, when you're supposed to be directly talking to me about something and you want something from me, I want, how many, when, now, what has to be fixed? Okay, I got it. I'll take care of it. For them, when you're doing it, you kind of have to softly go through the, the motions nine times out of ten. But it works best that way when they understand how to talk to you and then how you should be talking to them yeah. when you want something from them. So yeah. it, it's it's key. It's, it's, it's critical, especially when you're going to hire. I mean, right now I only have 25 to 30 people, you know, which is, you know, for most people like, wow, that's a lot. It is a lot, but yeah. there's other companies that have two, three, four, 500,000 people. When you get to those sizes, it's super critical because you could have 50 people doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It really wasted money and time because you're not properly communicating the message to them. Um, the next thing I think was huge and critical is it, it's kind of like what Thomas talks about is your, your core values, but it mm-hmm. leads into, um, it leads into a, uh, a book. It's called traction. And yes. Yes. Traction has to do it's it's core values and and seats on the bus, and you it, it was a you know because we because we are made of the cloth we're made as entrepreneurs, we basically can kind of be a chameleon and adapt to almost everything, but the average person can't. The average person is made to do one thing, maybe two. And they're not good at adapting or becoming a chameleon to do other things. So what you have to figure out is what are they good at and make sure you put them on that. That's the seat in the bus they ride in because yeah. we're all riding in the same bus. So yeah. you have some, you have some drivers, you have some people in the middle that, you know, are, are artists. You have other mm-hmm. people that do certain things. You got the conductors, you know, you got the people in the back, you got the conductors, yeah. you have all that kind of stuff. And you got to figure out who they are even though they apply for one thing that may not be what they're really good at. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, and that's, and that's part of the core value is that here's what we do and we do it well, but you also have to figure out, even though they say they're a good engineer, are they really a good engineer? 
You know what I mean? Maybe they're <laughs> they're better at advertising or maybe they're yeah. better at sales. They just don't know it. Right. They've never defined themselves as a salesperson. But because again, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna have you're gonna be frustrated because they're a really good person and they they come to work and they bust their ass, but they're not good at what they do. Right. So then what? You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you get frustrated because you're paying somebody to actually do something and they're not doing it. You well, know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's a I tough find thing. I find like now again as my company's evolved and the way we, we bring on staff has evolved, I find that the core values and the work ethic are far more important than the skill set because even if I can't match them to the the position that I'm I'm trying to fill, if they've got the right values and they've got the right work ethic and everything lines up, I'm gonna find somewhere for them. We're gonna find right. a spot and we're gonna make it work because the values and the work ethic are worth more to me than the skill set because I can train skills. I just I can't train work ethic and I can't right. train core values. You've either you've either right. got them or you don't. So right, yeah, and and you know sometimes you have to understand that. So interaction also they teach you that you know what's the longevity of this position in that person. So sometimes mm. you know you have to understand this person may only be here for three to six months because right. it's a gap it's a gap filler. You mm. know what I mean? Like you need this person in this position for three to six months and then they're going to move on and then you will find maybe the permanent person for that for that position you know, to, to lead you into the promised land. But, you know, you just, it, it's, I think it's huge once you figure out how to be a really effective um, communicator and an effective coach and effective um, leader, you know, yeah. because that's, mm -hmm. that's really like, you know, like you said, I can, I can teach anyone to do almost every position in this company. I can teach anyone to do it, but if they don't want to do it or don't, and or don't want to come to work or they, don't have the ethics and 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 all the other stuff. I can't teach that. I can't teach them to wake up and come to work every day. You know I mean, you can't teach somebody to do nope. that. You can't teach them to come in and have a good, a, a, you know, a good attitude when they're at work. You know, you can try mm -hmm. to help them, but you can't teach that. But I can teach them how to make a sauce. I can teach them how to, you know, pack up a van. I can teach them how how to, you know, serve at a wedding. You know, or all those kind right. of things. But no, absolutely. It's the core value part of it. You can't teach. You know, and that's and that's. That's a key part of making sure you're getting the right people because when things happen, you know, again, let's, I hate to always keep going back to 2020, but when the shit hits the fan <laughs> like it did in 2020, if you don't have core values, they're not going to stick around. Yeah. You know I mean, they're, they're not, they're not going to, you know, you guys aren't blended together as one hard team. You know, for some of you guys, you didn't have the, the kick in the face that we did, you know, in the food industry, we got, we got slammed. This mm -hmm. is the first time in American history that food has been shut down. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, so, so like, you know, if you didn't have really good, strong board values that, hey, this is the plan, this is what we're going to do, you know, we're all in it together, we get it, you know, and because it wasn't easy. I mean, it was the first time in 24 years I had to lay people off. Yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. And it, it, that's not an easy thing, man. I got and that, that's not your fault you. as the business owner either. You've, you've built a successful okay. business, you're doing everything you can. And um... we had our best year in, 20, in 2019 going into 2020, mm -hmm. like our best year ever. We were coming in like screaming, like, yeah. And then, you know, it was basically somebody like somehow the front two wheels on the bus fell off and we ran into the guardrail. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> so, man. It was, it was rough everywhere, though. I mean, you know, yeah. my. In, in certain industries, yeah, it was rough. It was it definitely rough. My, my real estate company and PPP loans kept my media company running. I mean, just yeah. no, nobody. Now, now COVID has, has, has changed the way we communicate, it's changed the way we do business, the way we advertise, everything. And more and more people are seeing the need for effective media pieces. 
And my media company now is busier than it's ever been. It's insane. Like, we're struggling to keep up, and we're onboarding new staff, and we're looking at bigger offices. But when COVID hit, it wiped us out. Every single yeah. every single client paused every single job. I don't think we had a, a paid job in about three months. Um, yeah, we were awesome. going out making community videos for free. But now that business has come back, the pipeline is stronger than ever, and the demand is there. What have you seen in the catering industry as things start to come back online? Are you seeing a stronger demand with more disposable income? Nah, I mean, so because we do weddings, that, that that's not they don't necessarily consider that disposable income, but that's mm-hmm. it is disposable income. Like they have plans for this, and they're willing to spend because it's a once in a lifetime like event. You know, like this is for, some, for some people. <laughs> well, you know, I've been married and divorced twice, so you know, what I mean? like it may be two or three, but but the, but the idea of it is, you know, I have the Holy Trinity. I have the baby mom and the two ex-wives. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying not to laugh. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no, it's cool, man. It's cool. You got to embrace it. That's funny. But uh, yeah, but it's it's not. It's I don't think it's it, that it's it just. So the, the problem with us in the catering industry is that we normally have two or three legs. And one of our n- decent sized legs is corporate events. Right. You know, it's corporate oh, catering, yeah. corporate events. So Dude, those they got haven't slammed. come back to work yet. I mean, no. they're Mm-mm. slowly trickling open. You know, we've yeah. had some really, really great corporate clients that we've had for years that, you know, are huge and, and they're doing things regardless. Um, but like the average, the average corporate clients just, just aren't, you know, they're probably not going to start walking back in until september october you right. know what i mean so mm-hmm. and that and that all depends now on this variant nonsense that's going around you know you don't know if that's going to be like go back and then come go back home kind of thing you don't, you don't know what's going to happen yet but but the the wedding yeah the, the only the problem with the wedding was it was on off on off for these brides and it was just yeah it was really hectic for them because it's a very an emotional experience and then to say oh yeah you can do it oh no sorry you can't oh yeah you will reschedule for this day i'm sorry you still can't do it you know it it just made it very it made it even more stressful for them so um i don't see the money flowing back quite as fast as you're saying in 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 the um in the video industry but it's it's starting to people are i i would say that they're past the antsy stage and now they're really like you know we're going to just start planning things, you know, yeah, like, yeah. we can't, we can't, we like, we've, we've stayed sheltered as long as we're going to now we're going to, you know, we're going to start. And you can look at like football, they did the 2020 and 2021 um, hall of fame proceed um, inductees last week or this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so they're, you know, people are starting, okay, well, we got to We got to keep, we got to keep moving. Yeah. You know, these annual yeah, events, these annual things. So, so we're getting, we're getting the request and we're getting it. It's just unfortunately not as, as fast or as abundant as as we'd like to you know we're, we're well, getting through it and we're getting by but you know it's it's going to come I, I you know I'm, I'm faithful that it's you know once once we get through the summer because um, I think a lot of people took vacations a lot of people yeah. have been working remotely from their beach houses from their second homes you know just because look you know if I got to do this I might as well do it and a nicer place than I would normally be able to do it yeah. so um, you know so once that for us once that kind of they come back to 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 their house in September I think things will start to really open up again and 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 the businesses will start to start to you know because they're going to have to come back you know somewhat into the offices it may not be a full a full stretch that 100% of the people come back they'll probably do a, a limited like 
a flex where it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for certain people and Tuesdays and Thursdays for other people kind of thing where they come back in the office. But, you know, team learning is, is still, you know, still number one. I get that people have been productive from, from remote, but, you know, putting people together, you just get a better productive kind of, um, I don't know, mindset. Everything's you know, better. Like, yeah, everything's better in person. I mean, yeah, even yeah. even podcast interviews. Yeah, <laughs> everything's sure. better face to face. We just uh, we just do what we can. So, I want to move forward a little bit. I know you've got this super successful uh, catering company, my man. But man, you have got just such an impressive resume. <laughs> and I want to touch on 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 your book. And before we get into the book. I want to know about your decision process in what it was that inspired you to make the book and inspired you to become an author. And then again, before we get into it, I want to know how the decision to become an author has helped change your business and how it's helped, you know, accelerate your, uh, your trajectory there. So <clears throat> I wish I could tell you this really like, ravishing story about wanting to write a book but <laughs> it, 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 it actually it was just a it was kind of like one of those moments where i had been sitting with my friends smoking cigars drinking some scotch and and they were like look dude you keep helping all these people you should just write a goddamn book and get it over with mm -hmm. and i was like and one day i was just like you know what i guess you're right maybe maybe i should do this i am not so all throughout my academic career english mm. and grammar and and all that kind of stuff reading books is was just a huge achilles achilles heel for me yeah. I'm a, I'm, i listen to podcasts i i'm an audible reader you know where i listen to books you know audibly um i i read a few um but i i'm more of an audible guy um and it's just it's just you know so when you get when you when everybody's like you should write a book it kind of like makes me cringe and, and even now that i've i've written a book it's still it's still not comfortable you know what i mean like because of just who i was as a person about english and grammar and mm -hmm. literature and that kind of stuff um and and i wrote it in in probably not a normal traditional way either um but it was it, it was just that i you know i'm in the local chambers um helping you know, everybody together as business owners, we all sit around and we're at networking events and we're always helping each other out. And, and, and the people always say, you always have such, such some of the greatest ideas. That's kind of how I got into the coaching as well as because people were like, you know, you really should get paid to be telling these people what you're telling them. And I was like, well, you know, I had such a hard time, you know, like getting to where I'm at. I just want to help people not have the problems I had. Yeah. And I mean, that's what, you know that's what, what like, inspires me to do it. Like, yeah, it was it was more of like, you know, it was such a such a crazy journey. It's crazy difficult journey that that I just said, hey, you know, I just want to if I can help somebody like not have one problem, you know, one little problem that I had that equals 10 big problems, you know, that, that's <laughs> that's what it's that's what it's about. And yeah, um, so we're doing, you know, again, we're just sitting around and he's like, you know, you should you should you should write a book about all this stuff because people you know, need to know this stuff and you keep telling them, but you just, you know, you make them buy your book and it's right there and they, they can learn it. I was like, you know, that's not such a bad idea. So one of my local friends um, here had already written his book and it was a self-help book kind of, you know, the 10 steps of whatever it was. I can't remember the title <laughs> of the book, but um, 
great books. I, I bought probably 30, 40 books, handed them out to my employees, my family, my friends, my girlfriend, her kids. And like, this is a good book you should read. Like, it's just about, you know, getting over, your, you know, your inner bullshit. Like, you know, right. shit, the stuff you tell yourself that, you know, you really can do, but you don't do. And uh, do we all have so I that? Said, hey, we all have yeah, that. And bullshit. I was like, hey, yeah. how did you write this book? And he was like, well, look, I, you know, I actually started this company where I help people write their books. And I'm like, all right, how much? So he tells me how much. And I'm like, all right, here, let me, you know, I'll pay you. Let's get started. Well, that was probably a year <laughs> before I actually started writing the book. So I kept kicking the can around. He, you know, he had this this great system of like, he would send emails out to call you and start. And I kept telling him, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. But I wasn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off. And really, um, so I joined Apex um, because the 2020 mastermind got canceled in April. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Ryan gave us um, 10 times our money that we spent in his, in his shopping cart. And I was like, I was like, well, I'm going to go to the next one anyway. You know, it's a year from now. And I got this money. I'm also just spent it now. So I, you know, talked to Drewby and, and I, and I, signed up for apex um entourage i signed up for phone sites i both of those were lifetime because of the money i could spend right and uh so we started doing all that stuff i started doing the g code every day and that kind of thing and then i went to the first in-person meeting in dallas in july and uh i was they were asking me you know what are some of the things i'm looking to do what have you you know what are you working on you didn't get done and i was like well there's this book <laughs> and they were like oh really and Drew was like yeah i'm writing mine too and i was like he's like i was like yeah i, I kind of just been bullshitting about it um you know and i had just started the podcast like in june um, right with, with my buddy so we were doing this stuff and he's like all right well our next meeting is in february so you have to have the book done by february and i was like what <laughs> he's like he's like yeah he was like it's got to be done by february and i'm like oh shit that's only like seven months I said, I've been kicking this can around for almost a year and I got seven months to finish it. Oh man, I just did it. So I wound up, um, I wound up started writing and that was really tough for me. Like to just, I can sit here and talk to you all day about business. You know what I mean? And it just rattles off my tongue. Right, right. To stop and start writing was really tough. Um, So then I had this, this um, affirmation that I'm like, I got eight podcasts already and we're talking about business all day long. Right. So I told my, I told my partner, I said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about these subjects, you know, back and forth. And then my, my, um, and then I took them to rev.com and they dictated them and I gave it to the guy who helped me write the book. And then he put it in the literal and then I added some stuff to it. And that's kind of how we did the book. It was once I got started, it was super easy. Once Mm -hmm. I figured out how it would work best for me. Dude, that's exactly how I'm going to do mine. I mean, why do you, why do you think I'm doing these Friday fires? It's not for you, like. <laughs> it's cool. It's and, for the book. I love it. I it's mean, for the book, and, man. And it's, but right. But there's other people out there that just go right, 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 and that's awesome. Yeah. If you can do that, I, I you know, you you have superhuman powers to make. You know I mean? Amen. Because I just can't. I can't write on it. I just can't sit and write. Um, but I can sit here and gab all day with you, and we can talk about a hundred different business concepts and a hundred different reasons. Well, um, I'm gonna put you on the spot. So the book's name is Destination Success, uh, same name as your podcast, uh, by the way. Destination Success, <laughs> eight mindset hacks for every entrepreneur. Give me one mindset hack right now. Let's go. I'll put you on the spot. Systems, man. You got to have systems. Um, and it's it's it was it's in the middle of the book. And hey, I, man. I started, I, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll agree a thousand middle, percent. But yeah, go on. <laughs> but system, you got to have systems because it all comes down to that. 
because what we do every day, you know, they, they say it all the time. What, what you do sometimes is what you do all the time. And mm-hmm. if you, if your system isn't right, some of the times it's not right all the time. So wh- and you always have to be adjusting it. What is Nothing the most, st- sorry, what is the most critical system throughout your company? If there was one system that you would say, Hey, this one's the one that we tackle first and has been the absolute best. What's the most critical system? Is it hiring? Is it timekeeping? Is it, wh- what is it that, that, that you're, that, that, that you pin everything on, man? What's the foundation for guys that are listening to go, you know what? I need a system. I'm going to look into it. I, I, you'd have to look at the, I don't think there's, you can't just any, I mean, you know, you know, Thomas just preaches core values and that's part of the system, but, and and so that would be part of the hiring system, but you have to look at where you're at. Some people aren't in the hiring process yet. That's true. Yeah. you, You know, like I think really the number one system that you start out is, from how do we how do we go from customer to product to service right. like and i don't know what you do but for me it's it's customer product to end service mm-hmm. um because in the catering business so we have the customer what they ordered we we build what they want and then we service it and give it to them and that's the end the end product mm-hmm. you have to have that seamless from yeah. the person that's talking on the phone that um that's taking order to the person that's dropping the food off that didn't talk to the customer. You have to understand that every part of that is, it's just got to be seamless and, and it has to be done so that, that, that no matter who's doing it, everyone understands it because when you don't, that's when you have problems because you know, you, you always have a person that takes the order and you always have a person that drops it off or, or, <laughs> yeah. or makes it, picks it up, you know, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there's always that gap between the customer. Yeah. So if everyone's not speaking the same language, again, here we go with languages. If everyone's not speaking the same language all the way through, there's always going to be an issue. And I'm going to tell you throughout the 24 years of everything I've done, that's the system that I that I worked the most on, spent the most money, and and continually worked the hardest on is making sure that process from, from beginning to end works seamlessly because yeah. it just has to for the – because at the end, the customer doesn't give two shits why – it broke down. Mm-hmm. They just care that I paid for X and I got Z. Why did, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. I didn't get X. I wanted X. I didn't want Z. Yep. You know what I mean? And they don't care what happened in the middle, but that's your, as the owner, that's our process to make sure that no matter what happens, it always happens the same way. And um, once I figured that out, then, then I worked on the culture and I worked on the seats on the bus and I worked because then that that's critical yeah. because you have to make sure that the people that are doing it in the middle are doing what they're good at and doing what they like to do. You know, it's all about like good and, and, and possible, you right. know, like they like what they do. They're good at what they do. And it's possible that they do what they do. So the, 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 the system runs effectively. And that's really for anybody doing anything. It doesn't matter what you're doing because you have to have a customer. Somebody's got to yeah. pay for what you're doing. You yeah. know what I mean, and you got to make sure that, you know, it's funny because when you do this, once you, once you figure this out in your system and you go and you start buying things from other people, you are critiquing their system. Oh, absolutely. You start talking to them, you go, wow, this really sucks. Like who thought about this? You know what I mean? Like, so I just started hiring VAs and I, um, I just hired my first VA for me and, uh, to get some stuff off my plate and, and do some other things. Um, and which I should have done years ago. And I, if I had known this, I would have, but not yeah. so to hire VAs if you can. Um, but so I hired a new cleaning company and they obviously have a VA system that they use mm-hmm. and man, it's so clunky. 
because they send you all these text messages asking you questions that you should, should be answering. But when you answer, it doesn't go to anybody. It comes back with like a failed text. And I'm like, this is horrible. Like, I mean, a normal customer would be like, oh, wow, they're really, they're really communicating. But I'm like, but you're asking me a question and I'm answering it. And then you send another text <laughs> asking me the same question again. Like, yeah. you know, like, so here, you know, as, as an owner, I'm, I'm critiquing how their system works, you know, for them. Did I, I, did they clean my house? They did a great job, but they, they bought this, this, this VA follow-up system mm -hmm. so that you're effectively communicating to a customer, but you're not, if you're asking a customer a question, they answer it and you can't get the answer. You know what I mean? Like it's not really effective. It's just extra steps. So eventually somebody's going to get frustrated. You right. know what I mean? But yeah. So I, yeah. you know, I, I again, I, I kind of go off on tangents. I apologize. Dude, it's, <laughs> no, it's it's half the fun of the show. I mean, this is valuable, valuable information. But yeah, I, systems, systems. I mean, I, I stress systems all the time to people. Systems is where you make money or you lose money. Right. Systems is where you're creating a great product or you think you have a great product. But then if you don't ask the customers that really, if this is a great product, you might think you have a great product, but by the time the customer gets it, it's not a great product. Well, you know, so you have to always be checking your system. I like what you said about, <laughs> about looking at other people's stuff. And when you become a consumer paying attention and that's some like guys that are listening, that's some free uh, information there for you guys to get a little market research. Um, you know, for example, if you're a real estate agent, go and sign up as a prospective client on three or four other real estate agents websites. See if they call you, see if they text you, see if there's any contact, see what their emails say. And you know, it's the same in, in, in anything. I want to be a, a better podcaster. So I go out and I listen to other podcasts i look at other podcast websites and i style my stuff around it so like <clears throat> you doing that and analyzing other people's systems ultimately helps you build better systems for yourself so i'd highly recommend it plus it's free right right <laughs> yeah you don't, have, you don't have to pay anybody to evaluate it and just remember like we, nobody's creating anything new no there, there's nothing new in, in this universe it's all just recycled whatever it is i mean the food business is the biggest business there is in the world and there's no new item on anybody's menu. Right. It's just a deviation of someone else's creation. <laughs> and now it's just their creation because they deviated with one or two little things, but it's still chicken. It's still lamb. Dude. It's still beef. It's still pork. It's still whatever it is. When I, <laughs> it's just deviated. when I first got here, mate, Mexican food, Mexican food was so confusing to me because everything's got a different name and it's all just meat, cheese, beans, and tortillas in a different order. <laughs> like, all of, I was so confused. I'm like, wait a minute, this is meat and tortillas and this is meat and tortillas. What is going on here? <laughs> they all call yeah, them the same yeah. thing. Well, because they wanted to be something different and special, but yeah. it's really not, you know what I mean? Like, it's, but that's like anything, you know, like, yeah, okay. So yes, there's some scientists out there. Yeah. Yes, there's some things, you know, you know obviously, you know, Elon Musk is creating a battery in a car and a new revolution with that. But what I'm saying is for 90% of everything out there, whatever it is you want to do, you know, there's nothing new. Right. It's just your take and your, your polish, your spin you know, on how you're going to do it. Exactly. And the, and the, phrase, the phrase I like to cover this, mate, is that you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Just find a wheel that works and roll with it. I love that. 
You know? I love it too. I, I, I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> because well, everybody wants to come in. They want to be original. They want to reinvent the wheel. They want to do this. I'm like, look, if this wheel's rolling along here, and this fella's making this much cash picking it off his this wheel, that's obviously a proven wheel that works, that's relatively successful. So I'm gonna dig into that and see what systems and processes I can take from that wheel and add them to my own. I'm not trying to create this from new. I'm trying to create one that works for me as well as possible. Yeah. You know, and yeah, too many absolutely. people, they get caught up in the minutiae of trying to create new shit when really they just need to take the stuff that's out there, refine it, and make it something that works for them. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, look at the two of us. You know, Ryan's not doing anything new. It's not new and earth shattering. You mm -hmm. know, you, you got you got five other guys that came before him. You know, right. you got Tony Robbins. You got uh, you got Les Brown. You got uh, um. Oh my God, I, I can't even think of the, the big names, but I mean, he's just taking it and he's making it work for him. Right. You know I mean, like he, he puts it together in his ball and then he goes, okay, this is how we're going to play. We're going to play on the court. Like this is, this is the way I play. You know, right. but it's, it's the same shit due to work. You know, here's the process. I'm showing a process due to work. And if you do the work, this is the results and it's right. no different. It, Exa you know, yeah. exa exactly. And I think the reason that we're drawn to what he teaches is because he teaches it in a way that resonates more with us uh, sure. as entrepreneurs than it, it does with regular people. And um, right. yeah, just just find a wheel that works, take the parts of it that work for you and the bits you like, and then you just roll with it and you, you build. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I'm reading this bio here. Cigar enthusiast. I am, I am a cigar enthusiast for sure. Um, but it says here, favorite book, The Four Agreements. Let's, let's, let's jump on that for just a minute. We've got a few minutes left on the show. Let's jump on The Four Agreements. Um, I, this has crossed my um, radar now probably about six times in the last four weeks. <clears throat> so what was it about The Four Agreements that struck you and made it your favorite book, man? So I, I was struggling personally with just who I was and mm -hmm. how I um so I was I had already basically I kind of closed down the the cleaning business and the property management company I was two or three years into the catering company and I was going through some personal things trying to figure out why is it that I have a really strong business at, you know ethic I I bust ass in business but then the people around me just don't stick around whether it's employees or anything else, like what is it that I'm doing? Oh and, man, uh, yeah. Now I haven't read this yet. It's it, it's come across my desk so many times. Yeah, but I so, haven't read. So the read four it. agreements, the biggest, the biggest one is that, you know, it's basically it's like you just don't take shit personally. You know what I mean? And and I think that was the biggest thing that I that I was doing is that I took everything personal. Like mm -hmm. it was always me against the world, you know, and it was always either my way or no way, you know, kind of thing. And I just really had to learn to to be a little more humble a little more grateful um and it's a quick easy read and i think every time i read it i get something else out of it you know what i mean like it's it's not difficult it's not hard there it's not earth-shattering philosophies it's just basic shit that like every time you read it you're in a different like space and time of your life right and right you're like hey you know what that's right. I, you know, I should, I should really be focused on that a little bit more now because that's where I'm at, you know? And at the time it was just, you know, like you got to stop taking shit personal. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, wow, like what a simple statement, but wow, how, it, you know, how it really, you know, it, it transformed how I was and what I was doing. Um, you know, it didn't happen overnight. I, I, you know, I was doing a lot of crazy shit like firewalking, walking on glass and, 
and being coached, you know, on a on a weekly basis. I can't to, imagine to that really... being very comfortable, to be honest. It's awesome, brother. Fire you gotta walking? you gotta walk on some some coals, man. Nah, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> like, where does your mind go when you do that? What what comes so, out of so that for you? Exactly, because yeah, that was that's the exact work on it. Is that your mind? Your if you your mind is what tells you what you can and cannot do. And if you train your mind that your mind says that it's okay that I walk on coals that are eighteen hundred degrees, you can train your mind to do anything. Yes, but and that's what does, really what it is. What does your skin say? My skin said nothing. It I'm so well well i'm gonna to have to watch some videos and do some research on that because <laughs> i know if you know if if i dropped something on my foot that was 1800 degrees i would probably swear um yeah i remember you well would, I, I remember welding mindset uh, i've had welding slag you know, i've had welding slag melt through my trainers and, and burn a hole in my sock and yeah i swore um so <laughs> Man, fire walking. I'm, I'm gonna have to add, yeah, add that to the list of things to do. But in all honesty uh, and all seriousness, I have added the uh, four agreements to my uh, to my it's list. It's a great of, read, dude. I, I highly recommend it for anybody that's just kind of like searching, um, searching around, trying to figure figure themselves out. Like it's a really good, a really good book to uh, to uh, to help you with that. And it's it's very very easy, and it, and it makes a lot of sense. It, it's it's not. It, it, you know, it's it just, it's a really quick and easy read to, to get, to get your head in the right spot. All right, my man. Well, we got a couple more questions for you and then I'm going to bounce right, you cool. out of here because we're, we're running up on time. Um, I asked this to the majority of my guests, um, but you know, if Sherm now, uh, late forties Sherm could run back in time a minute and talk to early to mid twenties Sherm, whew, what kind of advice would you give him? Wow. That's what there's, it's there's about, man. One, it's about... One, so the first, yeah. So the yeah. first one is is get out of your own fucking way. Like, <laughs> you know, like like you are your biggest. You are your biggest problem. Yep. You know, like, Amen, dude. Goddamn <laughs> the second is don't quit. So you know when when the real estate kind of shit, I was like, you know, uh, maybe this is a good sign, and I should have never quit. Um, like just. Seek out. I should have sought out help quicker because I didn't. I didn't seek out until my probably mid thirties yeah. about me and fixing me. Yeah. You know, about you know the whole thing. That was um, a big one for me. Don't be afraid huge. to ask for help. Yeah. So many yeah. people they they want to carry it by themselves, and I think maybe that maybe that's pride. Maybe that's them getting it in their pride. own way. You know. It is pride. It was. Yeah. It was all about pride. Um. I should on some like you know I I went from zero to zero to. Two, to a big money quick mm -hmm. in my in my you know mid mid 20s and i shit on a lot of people oh, <laughs> because you know because i had made it you know in yeah. my eyes i had made it and mm -hmm. and i just didn't learn you know i you know i didn't learn to be grateful and i didn't learn to be humble and you know that was a huge thing like i i i was i was you know again it was just getting out of my anxiety like i just you know i needed to you know, i would go back and 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 start what I started in my mid thirties started right, right then. As soon as I got out of the Navy, I would have started doing that, get myself together, get my shit together, you know, cause I tried to do it a couple of different times and, you know, but you know what they say? I mean, you ask this question, but if I'd have done it in my twenties, would I be where I'm at my, you know, almost 50 now, I'll be 50 in January. So if I'd have done this when I was in my mid twenties, mm -hmm. would I be where I'm at today? 
You know, I mean, like you said, we learn the most in, in, in our struggle, you know. Yeah. There's some there's certain stuff that I would have done differently just because it was just shit stupid things that I shouldn't have done. You know, but overall you I've learned from every single one of those experiences well, on to be a better person, to how to be a better person, to why I want to be a better person. And if you don't go through that shit, you know what I mean? Like I hear the question and I get the question and I get the question because it's like, hey, you know do this now. I'm in my twenties. I should be doing this now. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, you should be working on yourself. You mm-hmm. should be busting your ass to, to, you know, if you guys don't, if you're listening to this and you're not part of the G code, ask Sam to send you the, 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 um, the link. Yeah. To, to, cause, cause it's free. Um, Ryan's gives us out to everyone for free. Start being grateful, find gratitude in everything you do every day. Start now. And it's, you know, and then, I think the I think the biggest thing in that in that G code thing, and it's only the biggest because I had already found gratefulness way before I found the G code. Dude, I had was, the gratitude. The gratitude fucking it changed everything for me. Right. But, yeah. Well, I I had already been doing that. So when I yeah. got coached, um, you know, 15 years ago, that was the first thing. You know, three mm-hmm. every day, find three things you're grateful for. He makes it five, and that's yeah. awesome. It doesn't matter how many it is. But um, the funny thing is, is when you first start this, when you're doing this, you know, your life coaching and stuff, it's three different things. You can't repeat anything for the first month. Oh, so wow. Like, yeah. So, and, and what that does is it trains your mind to find the goodness in your life versus, you know, like, it's easy to go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm grateful for my kids, my wife, my, you know, my coworkers, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's it. You can't use them again. Dude, you, you know, just shit on my, you you shit on my gratefulness. You shit on it. My kids, my kids are there, my friends, my right, coworkers, right. my businesses. Right. I'm grateful for all of it, you know? Right. But the point is, like, so now tomorrow you have to find something. You have to be. So the I'm going to try that. Is, I'm going to do that for 30 yeah. days, man. I'm going to switch yeah, that you, up. Yeah. I like should, that. Yeah. So, and what it does is it just helps you search mm-hmm. for, for, for better things. Yeah. You know, because your mind is looking for what you tell your mind to look for. You know what I mean? But to get to my point of that is that I think what I didn't do the most is you don't celebrate your wins. And I really like that mm-hmm. in the G code is that you're looking for what you're looking every day to find this, the wins and people go small, big, large, you know, it really, it really upsets me when they, when people have to define, you know, when we're in our groups that, you know, Hey, I'm ringing the bell. It might not be the biggest bullshit, man. Your ring the bell should be about you. It shouldn't be about me or you, mm-hmm. Sam, or you, Drewby, or you, Tom, or you, Joe, or you, Sarah. It's yeah. about me. You know, my process today is that this is a big fucking win. It may not be a big one for you, but you don't, and it's not about you. It's about right. my process from A to B and B to C and C to D. And today I got to C plus, and this is a huge win because we've been trying to get this shit done for four months. And now I got it done today. You see, you know I- mean? So it's a big, and it doesn't yeah. matter what that, that thing is. It's just, it, it's, it's something, you know, and well, I think, but I that's think, what it is. I think most people shit on their wins because they're comparing it to other people's wins. So let's just say, for example, I have a $500 win and I'm in a good mood and I walk down the street and I bump into somebody that's just had a $5,000 win, all of a sudden that changes my perspective on my $500 win. Whereas before I'd run into him, I was very happy and very content and now I'm annoyed. So I always say, don't look at other people's plates, you know, judge your wins by what's good for you and what happened to you yesterday. And are you advancing? from where you were to where you want to go. And those are wins, right. man. And right, exactly. I'm terrible I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it, it, we, sh- we should always, because I, you know, it was funny. It took me almost six years into being in the catering business to actually like pick my head up and realize they, I was, um, 
I was awarded the entrepreneur year of the local chamber. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I like, I picked my head up. Like if I could feel myself doing this, you know, like where I pick mine up and I go, Holy shit. All these people like are actually paying attention to me, you know, because as a, as a, an entrepreneur, you're in it, you're digging, you're grinding, like you're just getting through the motions every single day. And I was like, you know, I'm not really picking up my head, figuring out where I'm at. I'm just in the middle of the ocean and I'm just swimming and I'm just swimming as hard as I can. And now all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, I'm shit. I'm halfway across the Atlantic. Like I didn't even realize it. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's that kind of feeling you had. And I'm like, you know, and then, and then I, and then all I did was after that, is I put my head back down in the water and I started swimming again. And then when I got to the Dico thing and, and it came up with that, and that's only been two years now. So you're talking 20 some years of me just grinding every day, not worrying about my wins. And I'm like, you know, this is awesome. Like, I don't know why I wasn't doing this before. Like, yeah. Just post down some, you know, some wins, you know, like, Hey, we were looking to do this and this and this, this week. And we did it. It's a win. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be measured in dollars. It doesn't have to be measured in, in, you know, like physical things. It's just like, Hey, we were, we wanted to get a, B and C done and we got them all done this week. It's a win. You know what I mean? Like, because sometimes you can't get a, B and C done because life happens, you know what I mean? And, and shit turns, but that's, you know, you got to celebrate those wins. That's huge. They're the two biggest things on that G code thing is that, that, you know, you, you're looking for gratitude, which means you're looking for happy, better stuff. Mm-hmm. And that once you find it and you do it and the process is working and, and you're getting you those wins that you sell that you're celebrating those wins. I and that's another, that's another chapter in my book, because that's the other thing that I thought is huge for us that we grind, that we should be celebrating our wins when we win and when we're getting there. Dude, because I couldn't, you know I we're, agree more. we're super critical on ourselves about not getting there. Yeah. So when we get there, we gotta we gotta celebrate that we get there. Yes, so. like absolutely. I mean, you you're always chasing this moving target called happiness, and if you actually <laughs> if you actually stop and look at all the things that you've accomplished over the last day, over the last week, the last month, and give thanks for that and be grateful for it, happiness just appears. You know, you don't have to sure. chase it anymore, and you can live happy and and, and be happy. So, um, my man, we've run out of time. However, I got one more question for you. You are right. a wonderful, wonderful human being. You've been a great guest, man, and uh, the author of Destination Success: Eight Mindset Hacks for Every Entrepreneur, and the co-host of the Destination Success podcast. Where can we find you online? Where can my guys go and follow along with you and listen to your work? So. Uh... Uh, online you go to facebook and it's destination success mm-hmm. and that's where the podcast is and we have our, our little group there that we, you know we put some some things up some quotes every day stuff like that um and then uh, i'm on instagram but i don't do that a lot on instagram so i would just go to destination success right now okay. on facebook and that's mm-hmm. a good place to get started and we put out a podcast every week um Wonderful. just like you do yeah and um yeah and then i put out some other videos um, in, in between there, um, in between Mike and I doing the podcast and, uh, and then, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's fun, man. I'm just here to, I'm just here to help, help in any way possible. You know, like, again, but, it's, it's just about getting through this together as, as, uh, as entrepreneurs. Well, brother, it's been a wonderful show and it's been an absolute privilege, uh, to interview you, man. Thank you so much for coming on guys. Absolutely. Sam. That has been Sean Porter. Go run and check his stuff out, uh, Destination Success, over on Facebook. We will put, obviously, the links in the show notes. And as always, guys, we do this show for free 
but there is a fee. I ask that if you have found something on here that you found useful, something you've liked, you've enjoyed, maybe we made you laugh, maybe we made you cringe, maybe it is something your friends need to hear, do us a favor, go ahead and screenshot it, share it in your stories, tag me in the comments, at Small Business Surgeon on Instagram, hit the subscribe button, do all that good stuff for us, and uh, as always, you'll have a wonderful week, stay safe, and I will see you for Friday Fire. Thanks again, Sham. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you all next week. Take care. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Ooh, yeah.